0: But first, we wanted to delve deep into the other big story of the day, other big story of the month, really. The Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, on the hot seat this week. He is scheduled to testify before the Finance Committee tomorrow, along with his chief of staff, on the WE Charity controversy. So the fact that the Prime Minister has agreed to testify in front of a a parliamentary committee like this extraordinary stuff and extremely high stakes for him and his government. And we got a bit of a preview of that yesterday when Craig and Mark Kilberger, of course, the two brothers who co-founded the WE organization and charity, which, as we've heard, involves this confusing, sprawling network of charitable and for-profit firms all grouped together under one umbrella. The brothers testified in front of committee for four hours yesterday. A lot to unpack in there. I don't know if you caught any of it, but we will bring you some of the highlights and to help unpack a bit of what we heard yesterday in those four hours, we are joined on the line now by Alan Bonner, who is a veteran crisis management expert, media trainer, and the head of Alan Bonner Communications Management. Mr. Bonner, thanks so much for joining us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Pleasure. So I don't know how much of that you caught yesterday. I don't know if you sat around for four hours watching the whole thing. I hope not for your sake.
1: I caught too much and too much was plenty.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I watched about 10 minutes of it and that felt, I had a similar sort of feeling. Uh, But what did you, what did you make? I mean, I know there was a lot in there, but I'll put it to you generally. What did you make of the testimony you heard yesterday from the two Kilberger brothers?
1: Well, it was a bus driver's holiday for me because I do witness preparation as part of my practice. And I have a little needle on uh, in in my mind, like uh, the old VU meters in radio, measuring the uh, pain that I'm watching, and <laughs> I I didn't think it served the brothers all that well. Um, I wouldn't have um, put them so close together. We are in a pandemic. I would have had them socially distanced. I would have uh, implored them not to pick a fight with the parliamentarians because they are used to fighting, especially Pierre Parlievre. Um I would have told them uh, not to use any jargon. Like, uh, uh, can I ask you what is a touch point? I mean, are we having a touch point right now? Is a touch point an email, a handshake? Uh, eye locking, uh, a kiss on each cheek. Is it an email? I, I mean, I'm, you know, that's a, a piece of jargon that I know is used, but when you're uh, under oath and you're testifying, either you contacted and spoke to someone, you sent them an email, or you had this vague touch point. So I don't think that served the brothers well. Um, I thought there was a bit of, um, shall we say, maybe smarmy body language. Remember mm. in the Conrad Black trial? Uh, one juror said he was arrogant, and uh, Lord Black said a grand total of absolutely nothing during the trial. It was body language, and body language can be 50 to 75% of your impact. As controversial a figure as Pierre Polyevre has been uh, over the years, and as partisan, as rabidly partisan, he did ask a clear question. Did your law firm hire a private detective to follow any Uh, journalists or media people and the answer was equivocal at best Uh, i will share with you a twitter feed Well, it's either yes no or i don't know and you know that from your journalistic questioning maybe he didn't know but maybe he did know and he's not fooling anybody that it's either yes no or i don't know and Polyev, i thought was was strong on that count now that's my rant uh (laughs) and my top of mind Uh, Review of it. Um, What did you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of what you're saying rings true. I think, you know, especially as you noted that that clip, that exchange between Pierre Polyev. Um, of course, conservative MP in the Ottawa area and the two brothers, uh, was, was tweeted and retweeted over and over. I mean, it was on all my social media feeds yesterday. So if you haven't seen it, it's worth taking a peek. Uh, because as you say, I mean, you know, the body language and I, at times the brothers appear to be sort of smirking. Um, right. So they're, you know, like, I, I, yeah, I, I that seems to be the consensus is that they weren't exactly sort of. It wasn't exactly a charm offensive on their part, if you like. Um, But, you know, one of the other tactics we saw from them was to, you know, to sort of shoot the messenger. They were blaming the media. Uh, Canada Land and Jesse Brown in particular, but you know, pointing to fingers at a Globe and Mail story where they had some sort of nuanced issues with it. But when I went back and looked at the story, it wasn't clear exactly what the discrepancy was. At one point, they claimed that a Globe that Global News had had uh, taken down a re- or corrected a report um, about their firm, which which is not true. Uh, that that look, report look, stays I, I, on there.
1: I, I... I have no doubt that the media is full of dastardly people. I give you that. I give them that. But it was more than 100 years ago that Mark Twain said, don't uh, engage in a fight with people who buy ink by the barrelful. The question is, how did they run their enterprise, not how did the media cover it? And, And let me also give a bit of a reality check. A wonderful charity in the city of Toronto, and I know your program is heard elsewhere, but it's Covenant House, and there are Covenant Houses all over the place. They're about 98% privately funded. The Children's Aid Society is about 98% publicly funded. And in Ontario, it's an arm's-length entity. In other provinces, it is in a ministry. They are all simply doing good works for young people. Whether you're a charity or a for-profit organization funded by the public or funded by the private, get off your high horse. All you're doing is a job of work, nine to five.
0: Yeah. I'm, I mean, of course, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, I mean, I was talking there off the top of the program about stage three, and I think that's where a lot of people is, are focusing at this point, right? I mean, this is bread and butter stuff. But do you think, Alan, that this is going to do permanent damage first to you know, We Charity and the brothers, but also to, you know, Justin Trudeau, the Liberal Party, but Justin Trudeau in particular, who will be on the hot seat testifying tomorrow. There, you know, there's a lot of moving parts to this controversy. Do you think that we are looking at permanent damage here?
1: Uh, Yes. And in addition to a lot of moving parts, there are a lot of very stationary, clear, understandable parts. Um, how much uh, is enough to pay someone doing charitable work? Uh, And okay, maybe they could make more in the private sector, but let them try. Um, You know, there are people who've worked in both the public and the private sector, and then we have a benchmark. But, you know, let's get serious about how much is reasonable. Let's also get serious about how much we needed an arm's-length agency to uh, distribute uh, public money. You know, um, there's an organization called Canada Post, that uh, touches uh, almost every Canadian on a weekly basis that can deliver checks or a survey or any number of things. Did we really need uh, public rallies in uh, Stadia that that look like, you know, quasi-rock concerts or something? And secondly, there were these things called We Days. Now, I haven't been at one. They may have been wonderful. But a rally to tell uh, young people that they could and should do good works around the world is not actually doing any good works around the world. It is advocating doing good works around the world. It is a stepping stone to possibly doing it. It isn't actually doing anything. And as the great management uh, guru, Henry Mintzberg from uh, McGill said, planning isn't actually doing anything. It's only planning to do something. So I think we need to reinvestigate how much government needs these non-governmental organizations to essentially do their work when there are many civil servants who could who could do the job.
0: Yeah, interesting point, and one that's certainly come up a number of times over the past few weeks during the coverage of this story. And before we let you go, Alan, obviously all eyes on the Prime Minister tomorrow when he testifies, along with Katie Telford as Chief of Staff. What are you watching for tomorrow?
1: Well, um, Prime Minister Trudeau is not a great public speaker. He's a great spectacle as his father was and whom I covered uh, years ago, but he will um and awe and equivocate uh, somewhat like the brothers did. And I, I don't see how he's going to come out of this in better shape than he went into it. I don't know Ms. Telford and she may have uh, excellent records of, of what she did and be an unassailable witness. So I think, uh, It's dangerous. You know the old uh, expression in politics, when you're explaining, you're losing. When you're explaining under oath, uh, you are losing under enormous scrutiny and the rules of evidence.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I know even a friend of mine chatting the other day. Um, he doesn't really follow politics very closely, but has, through the course of the pandemic, been watching full-length Justin Trudeau press conferences instead of the sound bites that he's used to hearing on the news, and yeah. was remarking, "Man, he, like he's—it's just a different Justin Trudeau when you have to listen to him in full form, full length, rather than you know a little soundbite here or a soundbite there when he's you know forced to sort of." make a, a point and, and a full answer. It's it's a little bit you're left a little bit with a bit different taste in your mouth, I think, than, than the sound bites. I don't know if, uh, if that's fair to say. And, and, you know, so we will see of course Justin Trudeau in that situation tomorrow where it will be must see TV, certainly for political junkies, but I think for a lot of Canadians who will want to see what Justin Trudeau has to say for himself on this issue, Alan Bonner, veteran crisis management head of Alan Bonner communications management. Thanks so much for taking the time on this and hope to speak with you again.
1: Indeed. Let me give you one quick comment. People who were listening 10 minutes ago to your show heard a bit of a eclectic coverage of the size of biceps uh, to the human head. Uh, boy, <laughs> that is uh, tremendous depth and breadth of journalistic coverage. I hadn't thought of that. It's new information for me, and thank you.
0: I tell you, well, you know, this is why we don't just entertain, but we inform here, Alan. So um, that's <laughs> right. I'm glad, I'm glad that you've given us something to chew on and that we've managed to do the same for you. Uh, so thanks so much, and um, yeah, happy to compare biceps and head sizes with you anytime.
1: <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Thanks, Alan. Alan Bonner there from Alan Bonner Communications Management joining us here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto.